I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So tonight, those of you that have been with me throughout my part in helping to build this vision in our region, I, my assignment has been to teach on the art of intercession. God said long ago, and his word is still forever settled, that he, that he was going to continue to build this teaching in the body of Christ. We've agreed together that it's not going to be a lost art, that we are going to continue to labor fervently so this message is taught to this next generation. So I gave you a vision in one of the other very first time we were together. We've been teaching on the different kinds of prayer, and then we ended up with the prayer of intercession. How many of you remember that? I think this is my fourth time speaking. I do have notes for you. I printed them out for you if you'd like to take a look at them. I am going to be going into the scriptures. I didn't type all the scriptures out, but I will go into them myself. This is going to be like an old-fashioned teaching. You know, a lot of times people don't really go to their Bibles anymore, but I'm going to be going to my Bible. I'll look them up real fast. As a matter of fact, I have page numbers next to some of these scriptures, so I don't have to think. I just turn to the page number, and that gets me there quick. So we're going to talk tonight about the art, or the application of the art of intercession. And we reviewed, I just want to really quickly review, we talked from Luke chapter 11 and how the first four verses really spoke of what we call in the Bible the prayer of faith, and that is getting your own needs met, <clears throat> how to get your own needs met, how to, how to pray, believe that you receive and you will have it. And then we went into the next verses, 5 through 8, where Jesus is teaching a parable and you could go back and listen to in the archives, and we taught a very thorough teaching where Jesus taught us uh, the prayer persistence, persistence, persistence specifically in the prayer of intercession, how that we lay one hand on man, one hand on God, and it's a continual kind of praying un until the person receives that need met. So we talked about how God said to the man who was praying on the behalf of his friend, that he'll rise up and give him not just three loaves, what he asked, but he said he'll rise up and give him as many as he needs, and that's the kind of God we serve. Because remember, the Bible says he is able to do for us exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, hope, dream, or desire, especially when it comes to the prayer of intercession. What is the prayer of intercession, and what is an intercessor? By way of review, it's prayer for another. It's Ezekiel 22:30, one who stands in the gap before God. Uh, an intercessor is as a mediator. A mediator is a go-between, an intercessor, one who interposes between two parties at variance for the purpose of reconciling them. Um, we said an intercessor is as a lawyer who pleads the case on the behalf of another. And we said uh, that Webster's um, definition of intercession is to plead or to make a request 
on the behalf of another to intervene with the purpose of producing agreement. Uh, the Greek word means to get the ear of a king on the behalf of another. How many of you know we serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, we said that the call to the prayer of intercession is for all believers. And the role of the mediator or intercessor in prayer was prevalent in the Old Testament in the lives of Abraham, Moses, David, Samuel, Hezekiah, Elijah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and, and on and on and on. Under the Old Covenant, not everyone had access to God. Did you know that? It was only the prophets, the priests, and the kings, okay? So God's leaders had access to God to intercede on the behalf of Israel for the people. But under the new covenant, and how many of you know we are under a better covenant based upon better promises under the new covenant, we all have access to God. <laughs> because Jesus Christ, the mediator, the intercessor, is on the inside of us. And we are, Isaiah 56, 7, the house of prayer. So therefore, we can go boldly, draw boldly to the throne of grace. And, 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 and it's for every single one of us who is a believer here on this earth. Aren't you glad that we're under a better covenant based upon better promises? We don't have to wait for God to come visit us. We don't have to go to some mountain. We don't, we don't even have to go to a church to pray. We are the house of prayer. Okay, now, in, in regards to the prayer of intercession, um, it requires opportunity. We talked about that, but I just want to review this. Ian Bounds once said, Jesus taught that perseverance is an essential element of prayer, specifically the prayer of intercession. So now, how do we apply, uh, what is the application now of the art of intercession? This is where we're going. Number one. In order to be effective in the prayer of intercession, remember it's not for yourself, it's on the behalf of another person, a city, a region, a family, a nation, a president, whatever you set your heart to pray for. In order for us to uh, have success, we have to know the promises of God. I got an amen from the bodyguard over here. We have to know the promises of God. That's why I believe that we're living in a time, we're living in a season where, guys, we have a lot of teaching. We know more than any other generation that's ever walked the face of this earth. And so, therefore, we can channel what we know, channel what we've learned, channel what we've received, and direct it into the place a prayer, both corporate prayer, secret prayer, whatever kind of prayer we want to pray when it comes to intercession. But we have to know the promises of God. 1 John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, what is his will? His will is found in the word of God. Now, for example, let me just give you one example, and then we're going to go deeper into this. Let's say you want to pray for the salvation of your family and friends, which is what we're going to be highlighting tonight. Okay, what, what does the Bible say? 1 Timothy 2.4. You know I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. You know that, right? Yes. Okay, I know you're good with that, right? Yes. 
because, you know, somebody prophesied to me one time that you're not only, you're not going to be just a shooter, you're going to be like kind of a shooter, like a machine gun shooter. And I think that God is doing a quick work in the, in the land today, and it's time for us to just go with the flow, receive what he's saying. We've said this before, we'll say it again by way of reminding you that spiritual things are transferable. So they're transferable through who you sit under, whose teachings you sit under, who lays hands on you, and through association. So the measure of what I carry is coming up out of me and going into you, and you're receiving an impartation. So I just want you to be aware of that. So when I give these scriptures and teach you this word, something is being imparted to you, okay? So 1 Timothy 2.4, so we're talking, for example, salvation for our family and friends. What did it say here in the scripture? God said, after he talked about praying for the leaders, he said, I would, I will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's God's will that every person on the face of this earth be saved and come from the, to the knowledge of the truth. No, he's not singled out anybody, and it's, you know, what do they call that teaching, you know, uh, pre, uh, pre, uh, uh, predestination. No, it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But men and women have a will, and their will is involved. But I'm going to teach you that through the prayer of intercession, we can bring a person to a place where they see Jesus clearly, and it lifts off the blinders from their eyes. And anybody who sees the goodness of God will be led to repentance. Amen. That's why there's so much power in the prayer of intercession. And if you notice, there's been so much warfare against this word and this teaching and, this, and building houses of prayer and people who teach prayer. Why? Because the devil knows this is the key that unlocks revival and unlocks people's hearts to see Jesus and to get saved. Have you ever started praying and you got really tired? And you're like, what is going on now? Well, that's, that's a spirit of heaviness. Do you know what I do when that happens to me? I just get up and I start walking the floors and I start praying. No weapon formed against you, formed against me, will prosper. But we have to stir ourselves up, Isaiah 64, 7, and say no to the warfare no to the discouragement, no to the resistance, and say, yes, the greater one is in me. God, the Holy Ghost, he rises up big within me, and I have not because I ask not, and I am going to pray. Sovereign. Okay, Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord, here's a promise, and you will be saved and your household. Okay, here's another one, Psalms 2.8. Um, it says, ask for the nations, uh, for they're your inheritance in the uttermost parts of the world, they're your possession. Another translation says, ask for the heathen. Ask for the heathen. Here's another promise. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew, then to the Gentile. That word salvation is the Greek word soteria. It means healing, deliverance, safety, and soundness. The gospel of Jesus Christ 
encompasses uh, all of the blessings found in Deuteronomy 28. And that includes healing, deliverance, safety, and soundness. So when you know that as an intercessor, you know that it's God's will that everybody be healed. You know that it's God's will that everyone be delivered. You know that it's God's will that everyone be safe. You know that it's God's will that everyone um, um, experience uh, salvation from the spiritual sense and soundness in their mind, okay? So we have to know the promises. All right, how do we pray for the salvation of friends and family? Now, you don't, again, we don't have the, 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 the uh, overheads, but 1 Corinthians 14, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it, verse 14 and 15. How do we pray the prayer of intercession? How do we do it? Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. I will also pray with the understanding. Then it goes on to say, I will sing with the spirit. I will also sing with the understanding. But I want to emphasize Verse 15a, what is the conclusion then? How do we pray the prayer of intercession? I will, first of all, it's an act of your will. <laughs> you know, like there's times that I, and we're going to talk about this, it really gets fun as we continue, but there are times when God will give you a prayer burden. And they come in different ways, but that's not our subject tonight. I actually released an article with Charisma uh, about prayer burdens, and we just released uh, part one, and then there's part two and part three, and how they come. But there are times when the Holy Spirit will give you a prayer burden, and you could get it through love, you could get it through seeing that person's face, you could get it through a dream, you could get it through a word of knowledge, it could come in different ways. But for the most part, we have to will to pray. I will pray. So how, what do you mean by that? For example, it, sometimes it's just really obvious that someone needs prayer. Amen? Yeah. It's just obvious. Well, how, why is it obvious? Because the Bible says you will know them by their fruit. Or the scripture says, and I think this is in your notes, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, by what they're saying, how they're acting, and by their fruit, they need prayer. Amen? Yeah. Or as parents, and one day we're going to get into how to contend for the hearts and destiny of our children. As parents, you can tell that one of your kids is, 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 is indecisive about his future. Do you know that with your children, that destiny is already in their heart? Their, the purpose, the plan, and the destiny is already within them? And as a parent... You can pray into that destiny by an act of your will and saying, I see that they're struggling, so I'm going to pray for them. And do you know that prayer opens up the door for God to work? James 4, 2, we have not because we ask not. So I wanted to emphasize the I will pray because some people think they have to have some visitation to pray. No, we can stir ourselves up take a hold of God, and begin to go into the place of prayer on the behalf of another person. So he said, there's two ways to put. Number one, with your understanding and with the spirit. What we're going to emphasize tonight is 
with your understanding, okay? So here's how we do it. When you, we say with your understanding, okay, we're talking about taking the person's need that you have, that you see, right, to the promises of the word of God, this is very important, and agree with the word of God and not the problem. We can, you know, we're not sticking our heads in the sands and we're not Christian scientists. We're not saying the problem doesn't exist, the problem doesn't exist. It does exist. We can acknowledge the problem, but don't stay there. When you're praying the prayer of intercession, it is a continual flow and it requires importunity and persistence and a continual pressing in and a continual battling against the forces of darkness but you don't continually bring the problem before the throne of grace. God already knows what's going on. He sees the need. He knows how to get the job done, but he needs you to ask him to de demand of Satan that he take his hands off of him. He needs you to pray the word of God over them because praying the word of God opens up the door for God to work. So, I'm going to read this again. You can pray with your understanding. Take the need to the promises in the word of God. Agree with the word of God and not the problem. Father, you said in your word you would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You said in your word that I would be saved and my entire household. You said in your word that children are the heritage of the Lord. And I'm blessed because my quiver is full of them. You said in your word, you bring the promises of God before the throne of grace. Amen. Yes. This is really good. You don't hear teaching like this anymore. But I'm telling you, that's why God is raising this house up, this house of prayer. Find the promise that meets their need. If they need healing... You know, you acknowledge the situation, but begin to speak the word over them. Pray the scriptures. By the stripes Jesus bore in his body, their body, they are healed. If they're a believer, we'll get into this as we move on, you can say, Father, I thank you that Christ has redeemed my brother, my sister from the curse of the law. He was made a curse for them, and we thank you for that promise that it's yes and amen. We thank you, Jesus, that you went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because, Jesus, you're with him. We ask, Jesus, that you stretch forth your hand to heal my brother, my sister, and the signs and wonders will be done by the name of the holy child, Jesus. If this is a believer, here's another one. I thank you, Father, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of my brother and my sister, and we call forth the life of God to quicken their mortal bodies. Are you listening? So you pray the scripture. Agree with the word, and that's what you present before the throne of grace. Don't pray the problem over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Is anybody out there? Yeah. Okay? And don't, we cannot be praying worry prayers. <laughs> I really like that. How many have ever prayed worry prayers? So we pray worry prayers. We're worrying and we're praying and worrying and praying and worrying. We, we pray ourselves into a pit ourselves. Yeah. 
Okay? We don't want to pray worry, worry prayers. We want to pray warring prayers that lifts that person up out of the miry pit and sets their feet upon a rock so that God could put a new song in their mouth. Are you listening? Okay, so when you pray the promises, here we go. You ready for some? Isaiah 55, 11, it says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It does not return void, but it will prosper wherever it is sent. You see, my friends, the word of God is spirit and it's life. We know it's an incorruptible seed, but we know that when we pray, it's spirit and it's life. So when you're praying the prayer of intercession on the behalf of another person, it's going into the realm of the spirit and it's spirit and it's life. You're bringing life to them. You're surrounding them with faith. You're surrounding them with the word of God. That's why the scripture says life and death are in the power of the tongue. I think there's another scripture somewhere that says, don't curse the king even in your bedchamber because a bird of the air will tell the matter thereof. Our words carry power. How much more when you pray the scriptures is it going to carry power and produce life on the behalf of that person you're praying for? I always get more revelation when I minister here. It's It's quite interesting to me. Jeremiah 112. God said, I am ready to perform my word. Another translation says, I will hasten my word to perform it. Here's another one. Psalms 107, verse 20. It says, he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So when you pray the prayer of intercession on the behalf of another person, you're sending the word into their atmosphere into where they are, and it's causing a deliverance to them of their circumstances and any destruction that the enemy may plot. This is so good tonight. Matthew 8, 8, remember what Jesus said? He said, speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Didn't Jesus commend this man for his understanding of a man in authority? This man understood that if Jesus just spoke the word, that his servant would be healed. And he said, oh, boy, that's great faith. So your words and your, your prayers when you speak the word are powerful. Job 22, 28. Um, I'm just going to quote it. It says, uh, it says, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Now prophetic people, are, and that's good, are real good at decreeing and declaring. And I'm not going to get into this until later, but what I found out after I was out of the loop for a while raising kids and coming back into houses of prayer is all anybody was ever doing was decreeing and declaring, and that works. Decreeing and declaring the word of God works, but so does praying in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And we're going to get into that. We need both. Okay? He said, you will decree and you will declare something and it will be established and the, the light will shine on their ways. And it says in the Amplified, when men are cast down, then you will say there is lifting up. And he will even lift up the person to whom you pray for who is, or intercede for who is not innocent. He'll be delivered because of the pureness of your hands. But he said you have to decree, you have to declare. Hebrews 4.12. 
The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces and it divides asunder soul and spirit. That's why I've created all these spoken word audios because I just put it on and that word goes right in my heart, right in my heart. And it's good to have a lot of word of God in your heart so when you go to pray, you have something to pray out because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth prays. Jeremiah 23, 29, is not my word like fire and like a hammer that breaks or smashes a rocks in pieces. That's a typo. And like, L-I-K-E, a hammer. The word is not a lie. Okay? Okay, so the application of the art of intercession. When you're praying for someone, something to keep in mind is are they a believer or are they an unbeliever? And I'll tell you why that's important. And we highlighted on it a few minutes ago. If they're a believer, God is on the inside of them. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of them. The life of God is on the inside of them. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of them. Everything that they need is on the inside of them. Now, if they're not born again, they don't have God in them. Are you listening? So a believer, God works from the inside out as well as the outside in. But an unbeliever, God has to begin from the outside to get in. Now, an unbeliever can have a conscience. How many of you remember before you got saved, you had a conscience? Especially, I was raised Catholic, and I, I was a good Catholic girl. And I loved God. I had it all going on. Had, you know, the whole statue in my, my bedroom and Mary and the whole thing. Loved God. Loved him. My conscience bore witness that I, 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 I loved God and I wanted God, but I had not yet been born again. Jesus wasn't on the inside of me in my heart, especially when sin revived and I died and I became to that age of accountability. But there came a day where, where somebody started to pray for me a lot. And I found out later, they started praying for me. They started interceding for me. They, and it was my two, my parents, my mother, actually, my mother, my father, and a pastor and his wife. And when they started praying for me, what happened to me was I came under what the, I don't even know if it's in the Bible, I guess we call it, conviction. And I started sensing, see, I'm sensitive anyway. Some of you empaths know what I'm talking about. I'm sensitive anyway. And I remember, like, sensing, like, this atmosphere around me and a conviction and a convincing of my need for Jesus. And my thought processes were more for Jesus. When secular music came on, I thought about God and Jesus, not my boyfriend at the time, you know? How many of you remember that song, I want you? You might know that song. To show me the way. You know that song? Ah, the young people know the song. Who sings that? Yes. But that song would come on, and, and I, I thought about Jesus. And all of a sudden, my heart became a prayer, and I began to pray out of the conviction of my heart, I want you, Jesus, to show me the way. I knew I needed to be saved. I just didn't know how to be saved. Peter Frampton. Peter Frampton. How can we forget? 
So I would, that song would come on the radio, and I'd be driving in my car. No GPS in those days. No MapQuest. I don't even know how I got home half the time. And that song would come on, and I, I would sense a presence about me, convicting me, and I thought my heart turned toward God. And I'd be like, I want you, Jesus, to show me the way. And then one day, it took actually about a year, and they prayed for me for a year. They didn't give up. They weren't moved by what they saw. They weren't moved by what they heard. They weren't moved by my spacey eyes. They weren't moved by any of it. They just kept praying with persistence and importunity. And we said it the last time we were together, sometimes people get worse before they get better. It means your prayers are working. Jesus said in Luke 18, one man ought to always pray and not faint. Don't faint. You don't see visible results. So about a year later, or a year into all that conviction, um, I was in my bedroom of 829 North President, Wheaton, Illinois, and I was, I was going to go to sleep, and I took out my mother's Catholic Bible that I had been reading, and I, and I would read Psalms, and I'd read all the Psalms of, of deliverance. What was causing you to do that? I believe the prayers of a righteous man avail much. You know, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avail much. I had four people praying for me. One will chase 1,000 to flight. Two will put 10,000. I had four of them on my case writing me. Are you listening? And I'm in my bedroom one night, and I'm reading this book of Psalms just out loud, and I was praying, and I, I said, what must I do to be saved? And I kept asking and asking and asking and asking prior to that, but one day I heard a voice speak to me right in here. I don't know where, here. <laughs> First time I ever heard the audible voice of God in my life. And I heard, I heard, only believe. And because I thought salvation came through works. I thought salvation came through baptism. I thought Jesus was still on the cross. Nobody told me he was, you know what I mean, alive. I had the visual of the Jesus on the cross, but he's not on the cross. He is alive forevermore. He has the keys of hell, death, and the grave, and there's no other name given among men whereby we can be saved. Nobody told me that. Nobody told me that if I would confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I'd be saved. Nobody told me. And so I heard him say to me, only believe. And when he said that, I said, I believe. And faith arose in my heart, and I was instantly translated out of the kingdom of darkness. I came into the kingdom of his dear son. Like the song you guys were singing, I felt the love of God. In, in, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I can feel it right now. I felt the love of God just being poured uh, on me and being shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And I felt like that song Kenneth Copeland used to sing, I have returned to the God of my father. Remember that old song? And, and, you know, when I was a little girl, I prayed a lot to God, but I was connected to God. But when there came that age of accountability, I was disconnected because my will was involved. And I had to make a decision for myself whether or not I was going to accept Jesus Christ. I couldn't ride on my parents' coattails. Are you listening? Yeah. So what caused you to be saved and have that kind of dramatic salvation. Well, 
I'll tell you, I think it's, it was the prayers of four people that were standing in the gap, putting up the hedge, interceding for me, laying one hand on me, one hand on God, and not letting go till they saw the fruit of their labors. And you know what? Who would have ever thought that this little girl with five brothers, who is, who is still, I'm not shy, but I'm an introvert, would be, you know, as shy at the time, would be a speaker and a teacher of the Bible specifically in, in the area of prayer. Who would have ever thought that? That's why you never know who you're praying for and what's going to happen in their life and who they're going to be. How about the person who prayed for Billy Graham? What do you think is going to happen to that intercessor, that, those people that prayed for Billy Graham? You know, the Bible says your labors are not in vain and your works and your labors, they're going to follow you. I believe that we're going to enter, and people like that will enter into the labors of Billy Graham, and they're going to get the reward as well as Billy Graham. And he listen to what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's not just the preacher up here preaching. There's somebody behind the scenes praying. It takes all of us to get the job done. That's why we've got to hold up the arms of our leaders and, and those that are in our family and really stand in the gap. And, and, and take on that burden. You know, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So if you're an intercessor, you're always burdened down, burdened down, I'm an intercessor. No, that's unscriptural. I've had burdens in prayer before whereby I carried it for X amount of hours, and then when I got up to feed my kids, it lifted. But it was still like I was pregnant with something, so the next time I got availed myself to prayer, that burden intensified once again. Yeah. It's good teaching. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, if they're a believer, Jesus is on the inside of them. If they're an unbeliever, God's got to get that stuff off of them. So, this is the scripture. I'm just going to go with it how I'm getting it, and then we'll go into it. The gospel is hid to those who don't believe. The scripture says, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Why is the gospel hid to the unbeliever? Because Satan, the Bible says in that same verse, is the God of this world and he has blinded their minds. He's put a blinder over their minds. They can't see the truth of who God is. So what do we do with that? we got to get it off of them. we got to get the darkness off of them. Romans 15.1 says, and I'm going to get it how I'm getting it, and then we'll go into Scripture, because I'm going to go with the flow here. You good with that? Romans 15.1 says, You then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. So you who are strong, who know who you are in Christ, who know Jesus Christ, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You have all these CDs, tapes, church, church meetings. You've got it all going on, okay? You're strong. You may not think you are, but you're strong. It says you ought to bear the infirmities. That word bear means to lift up with the idea of completely removing. That word scruple of conscience means uh, it, it's an infirmity. It means something wrong in their belief system or a weakness. So when you stand in the gap and you begin to pray for an unbeliever, you're coming in and you're lifting up with the idea of completely removing that scruple of conscience off of them 
so that they can see the light of the glorious gospel so it can shine into their hearts and they can see Jesus for who he is and they can make a sane, rational decision to accept him as their personal Lord and Savior. But you see how you got to lift it off of them. So there is a difference between praying for someone who's saved and who's unsaved. Now, we just quoted this. Number one, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. Okay? He's blinded their minds. Romans 15, 1. I just quoted that. Okay? Number three. Now, we're talking about salvation, praying for the salvation of your family and friends. What else we can do for them is we can use our authority for them. Now, I think I, I taught on authority here a few Sundays ago. We can use our authority for them. John 14, 14. You know what that, that scripture really means? Jesus said, Amplified, if you ask, Amplified says, or demand, anything of me, he said, I will do it. Amplified says, I will be there to back it up. Wow, it's already 8 o'clock. So it's not that you're asking Jesus. He, did, well, he does say to ask, but in that reference, he's saying, whatever you demand in my name, that I will do. So when you're praying for someone who's not saved or even someone who is saved, you can demand that the devil take his hands off of them in the name of Jesus. Mark 16 says, these signs will follow them that believe. They will cast out devils. A scripture, though we're absent in the flesh, we're present in the spirit, in spirit, in the prayer room, you can demand of the devil, he take their hands off of them, and he has to leave or bow his knee to the name of Jesus. Oh, the devil doesn't like this kind of teaching. I just know it. Here's what else we can do. We can pray for protection over them, especially these unsafe folks. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not ministering spirits who have been sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation? Psalms 103, verse 20, The angels excel in strength, hearkening to the voice of what? The word. So when you're praying the word of God over them, the angels are at work and being loosed and dispatched because they're hearkening to the voice of the word. They're not hearkening to the voice of us praying the problem. They just sit there and they fold their arms and they shake their heads. You can pray Psalms 91 over them. You can, pray, you can put their name. I thank you, Father, that Kathy dwells in the secret place of the Most High, that she abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of you, Lord, you are her refuge, her fortress, her God, and you does she trust. Surely, Lord, we confess and we decree that you will deliver her from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence, you will cover her under the wings, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth. Prayer protection. And with long life, you will satisfy her, show her your salvation. You are releasing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Can we take four, five more minutes? You are releasing the ministry of the Holy Spirit when you pray for the salvation of your friends and family. What was happening to me when I was in that year process of accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior? It, they were releasing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Are you aware of that? See, you can't see it, but it's happening. What is the ministry? He's got several things that he does. That's like a, a, a 20, 30, 40-week teaching. What is one of his ministries? 
John 16 says his ministry is to convict and convince, amplified, the world of their need for Jesus. So when they were praying for me, I was getting convicted. I was getting convinced. I was sensing love. I was sensing a pull. There was something at work in me that I didn't see, an unseen force. And it wasn't a cloud. It wasn't a raindrop. It was a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. So when you pray for someone or a, or, or a nation or a city, whatever your target is, in this case, we're talking about your friends and family, you're releasing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but that's fun. Because we have everything we need to see our family and friends come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? You can pray for specific laborers. Matthew 9, 37 says, Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. Now, when I pray for certain individuals, you know, if the guy is an intellect, right, and he works in Wall Street or he's in finance, I'm not going to pray that God sends, you know, somebody who's, you know, looks like a, a hippie type, or I guess we don't have hippie nowadays. You know, the guy, you're not going to pray that God sends somebody, you know, they wear their pants down and their underwear show and their crack shows, and God only knows what else, okay? I'm not going to pray that God sends a laborer like that. I'm praying with wisdom. The Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. Lord, send a laborer across that, that, that financial guy, that, that, that somebody that he can relate to, that understands his makeup, that understands what he does, somebody he can connect with. So you can pray that a, a laborer would come across the path, but a certain kind of labor. Now, if, if, it's, if the guy needs a, another guy that wears his pants like that, well, then that's cool, too. I'm not saying that God can't use all kinds of vessels. He can. We're not going to put God in a box. But sometimes it's wisdom to pray for specific laborers. Are you with me? Okay. Uh, I am going to close with these two scriptures. Ephesians chapter 1. Boy, it's really, guys... This one's so fast. Ephesians 1, 6. We do? Okay. Okay, okay. Oh, gosh, okay. Okay, here's one you can pray. Here, if, yeah, I know you've heard this, but those of you that are listening, you haven't heard this, we're going to say it anyway because this teaching needs to go forth. Here's a prayer that we can pray for spiritual enlightenment. I pray this a lot for my kids, a lot for the people I pray for. I pray this prayer a lot. Therefore, verse 15, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What is he praying? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you, Kathy, would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of, your, of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. You can pray this prayer for a person who needs revelation of Jesus Christ, 
or revelation in the word of God. Because you see, your spirit has eyes. You could pray, Lord, anoint their eyes with eye salve. Revelations. Your spirit has eyes. So when you pray this prayer for someone, God is opening up the eyes of their understanding. And so when they go to read the Bible, where it might have been dark or hard to understand, suddenly it's just jumping out at them. That's revelation. Revelation is something you walk in. It's not just head knowledge. Head knowledge is you think, 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 you're trying to figure it out. Revelation is heart knowledge where you're actually walking in the light of it. So this is a good prayer to pray in the prayer of intercession. And may I just add, this is also a good prayer to pray for yourself. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened. Brother Hagin said he used to pray, he prayed this prayer for three months, and after three months of praying this prayer multiple times a day, he said suddenly he starts seeing things in the Word of God he never saw before. Prayer opens up the door for God to work. We have not because we ask not. Here's another one. Ephesians 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in Kathy's heart through faith, that she being rooted and grounded in love. Notice I'm putting the person's name in here. What we're doing is we're praying Holy Spirit-inspired prayers. That she would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, and that she would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, and that she would be filled with all the fullness of God. We might as well throw this in because this is one of my favorite scriptures. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Praying that a person would have a revelation of the love of God. Do you know that a revelation of the love of God will drive out insecurity, drive out eating disorders, drive out uh, depression? When a person has a revelation of the love of God, it casts out fear. And that fear that people have creates torment. But when a person is rooted and grounded in love, they're able to have confidence. They know who they are. They're not doing the habitual things that they used to do anymore because the love of God not only covers a multitude of sin, but a revelation of the love of God causes them to be stabilized. Prayer of intercession also prepares the way. Isaiah 43 through 5 says, The voice of him crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make the crooked ways straight, the rough places plain. May the mountains and the hills break forth before you into singing. The trees of the field clap their hands. It levels the road. When you're praying in the prayer of intercession, we're going to talk more about this as we talk about burdens and so on. You are preparing the way before a service. You're filling up the potholes. You're making the crooked ways straight, the rough places plain. You're dealing with adversaries. You're dealing with warfare. You're dealing with all kinds of things. You're preparing the way. Now, I know that this scripture is talking about John the Baptist and the ministry of John the Baptist, but what was his ministry? He went before Jesus, the word made flesh, and he dwelt, and the flesh dwelt amongst us, he went before Jesus, he prepared the way. 
by the time Jesus came on the scene, people's hearts were open, receptive, they heard about it, and they more easily accepted the ministry of Jesus Christ. The prayer of intercession tills the ground, Mark 4:14. 4, I like to refer to the ground, uh, the ground of the heart. There's, there's different kinds of ground. There's the wayside, where Satan comes immediately and steals the word. Then there's the stony ground. They receive it, but they have no root in themselves because of what? Persecution. How many of you have seen that in the day and this hour? Next, thorns. That's another big one for our, the day and hour we live in. The thorns are the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things that enter in and choke the word. Then there's good ground that yields 30, 60, and 100-fold. You know that when you pray the prayer of intercession, you're tilling the heart and the ground of a person. You're tilling the heart and the ground of an atmosphere before a service or before a conference. You're, you're, you're creating an environment for the Holy Spirit to work. You're preparing the way. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 14, 4, and then we're definitely going to close. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion? I will pray with the spirit. I will also pray with the understanding. After we've prayed for everything we know to pray for in the Word, and I have multiple teachings on this on my YouTube channel, and we're going to teach it here. Pray in the Holy Ghost. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, you don't speak to people. You speak to God. He understands you. And it's the language of heaven and he understands what you're saying. Now, I believe that when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're also praying the word of God. Because the spirit and the word, they agree. Amen? So when you've run out of things to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. And again, we're going to teach all about praying in tongues. We're going to teach all about the power of praying in tongues when it comes to intercession. We're going to get right into that. Did you get anything out of this tonight? Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, Father, I thank you. You know, that, that prayer that Jesus prayed, don't exactly have the reference, but he prayed that we would be one. Even as you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. So, Father, we stand in agreement today that the church with Jesus' prayer, that the body of Christ would be as one. I pray, we pray for unity amongst us, unity amongst the churches, unity amongst the brethren, that there would be a unity so much so that it would cause your heart to explode and you would command your blessing 
on the body of Christ. I pray for the body, and we pray for the body of Christ, that we would be one, that we would honor one another, prefer one another, support one another. Holy Spirit, help us with this mission. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by you, Holy Spirit. May the love of God prevail in the body of Christ. Father, we pray for the body of Christ, that Christ would be formed in us, that we would be your hands, your feet, your head, your eyes, your ears, that we would prefer one another, that Christ would be formed in us. And Father, I pray that you would give us as the body of Christ, not only in the United States of America, but in the Afghanistan and in the other parts of this world, we pray that you would give us wisdom. Yes. Wisdom in how to navigate in these times and in these seasons. Wisdom! Yes. We pray for the Christians in these other countries who are being persecuted. We pray that you'd cover them according to Psalms 91 with a divine protection. In Jesus' name. Lord, and we also pray that you give the body of Christ the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the heart of the Father God, in your heart. Help us to navigate the craziness that's going on in the world today. Give your Christian leaders wisdom in how to stabilize the people that you've given them the rule over to feed and to nurture and to take care of. Give them wisdom, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.